Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Guys, if you are in the local Orlando area, this is for you. Um, I have to tell you guys this story. It is probably the 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 best story ever. A few years ago, Carlos and I were frequenting the local Orlando farmer's market that they have. And the cool thing about it is they have a lot of sights and sounds and a lot of things out there that's great, enjoyable, good food, and just a good atmosphere. Well, obviously, you know, with the coronavirus, that has been limited. But the uh, farmer's market is open again. And it has one of our favorite people there. It's called Worthy Cakes. You can find them on social media. And you can also find them on their website, www.worthycakes.com. Now, this is the best way to eat cake. All right. They are in a mason jar packed with so much goodness and flavor. For any flavor of cake you can think of. She has red velvet. She also has... Uh, uh, fudge brownie and birthday cake and she also cooks them in gluten free as she says cooking and baking cakes is not work it is fun for her she enjoys it you can go to the website www.worthycakes.com you can order and you can go to her physical location which is in the uh, uh, winter garden area and she will also be able to service you there Okay. Her hours of business is from 10.30 to 6.30, Tuesday through Saturday. She's closed Sunday and Monday um, because she's normally at the farmer's market. And she also does the farmer's market in local Winter Garden, too, um, as well. So go down and check her out. And if you do go check her out, please let her know that Reggie sent you. Because Carlos and I absolutely love those cakes. I'm on my way down there now. I don't even care about the uh, 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 the farmer's market. Just kidding, I do. And I'm so excited to have her case because this has been so long. And I'm excited that she has a uh, storefront too. So go check her out. 
tell her that Reggie sent you, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. All right? We're going to get back into the topic, y'all. Thanks for listening again. Hey, guys. I know I told you that me and Carlos a couple weeks ago went to the great state of Colorado, more specifically to Denver, and we found one of our new favorite places when we were out there. It's called La Rola Urban Colombian Food. Is, is that right? Did I say it right, love? Did I say it right? Yes. I practiced before I started doing this. But anyway, we actually know the owner and know we didn't get any perks or anything like that, but... It is by far the best Colombian food I've ever had. Y'all know I'm picky. Y'all know I just really like chicken and, and cornbread and greens and whatever Carlos cooks. But they had some of the best empanadas that I ever tasted. I mean, other than what Carlos makes, because those are the best. Don't tell him I said, he's right here in front of me. He's looking at me. But anyway, I had the best empanadas possible. Um, I had arepas. I ate, it was a Colombian hot dog. I didn't even know they had a Colombian hot dog. Um, the meat was flavorful. Everything on the plate was amazing. Awesome. It's in Zeppelin Station down in Denver. So if you ever find yourself in that area and you want some good, authentic Colombian food, please stop by and tell Andrea that Reggie sent you. All right. She might do something nice. But if you're just expecting good food, that's probably what you're going to get. All right. So go out and check out La Rola, Urban Colombian Food. Did I say it right again, love? Okay, great. Go and check them out. Give them five stars. Tell them that Reggie sent you. And I promise you, you won't regret it. All right? You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the show. And I'll check in with y'all later. Nate H. What's up, Nate H? I can't hear you yet. Hello. Here we go. Hello. Can't see you. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. How come you can't see me? 
uh, because you don't have your audio or your video uh, at the bottom of the screen somewhere. It should have like a, oh, there you go. Look at free, look at free, look at free, look at free. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. That's good. Things are good. Yeah, later. All is well. All is well. All is well. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Carlos? That's good. That is good. It's wonderful. He's here cooking, he said. Oh, he's cooking? Okay. Yeah. Cool. You wanted to go out again today? Huh? Did you he want to have, he could at work and at home. Yeah. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. You hear that, love? She said, bless your heart. He probably tired from cooking. He cooking for a limit living. You tired of cooking, love? A little bit, but he didn't say that. You shouldn't have to say that. You should just go cook. You should know that. Yeah, well. Mm -hmm. Well. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Huh? It's okay for you. I love him. That's beautiful. Love overrules all. Does it? It ain't no does it, it's facts, it's the truth. Love over love is all there is. No, I don't believe that. Yeah, I do. Everything else don't exist. I ignore it. If it don't feel like love, sound like love, or feel like love, ignore it. No, it's not real. I I, I can't I can't faithfully because I don't think well, that's just my philosophy. I don't know, but it's an illusion if it's not love. I think you can love yep. somebody, but I also think that um uh -huh. Oh, yeah, I don't think that love is all there is. Bless your heart. It's other things in the world, but none of it matters. Just focus on love. Mm -hmm. You hear that love? Focus on love. So you ready to do this? Yeah. I ain't got nothing else to do. Just sitting at the house. Just, just here by my lonesome. Oh, by your. <laughs> Yeah, I got about three or four chins though. So if you can do something about that, come on, I'll edit it out. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, I'm actually a little um, kind of hesitant mm -hmm. because of just last night. I'm still trying to shake it off. What happened last night? Oh, oh yeah, the, well, I mean, hopefully this is good. I don't know. Um, I don't have anything prepared or planned to say. We'll just see. Right. That's that's. That's normally how I don't I don't have anything prepared or anything like that. I just want to make sure that I give, you know, because we're dealing with people and what they choose to identify with. So I just want to make sure that I, I do it with as much um, kindness as I possibly can without alienating, making people feel like they, you know, so. Um, I agree. But uh, all right. Um, I guess we can do this then. Let's do, I let's guess we can do this. Let's see. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. Share on your own timeline. Share to page. Share to page. Share to page. 
Reggie's expressions. You said I need to go to Facebook to my timeline. No, no, no. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm posting it on my timeline. Okay. So I'm about to get ready to come up on a uh, hiatus here pretty soon, or a season ender. How many episodes do okay. I have so far? Episode of. Let's see. So I have. Mm -hmm. 11 episodes cool. uh, so 12 episode 12 where so you do 12 episodes a season um no 15 so i got three more to go discuss 15 okay cool Preparing to live stream. Oh, so we are live. All right, y'all know I got to play my theme music here real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Barely, yeah. Can you hear it now? No? Yeah, I hear that. That's my theme song, y'all. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is currently Sunday, 7.01 here in the uh, evening. I have Mrs. Uh, Frida Free, um, known as, and that was my theme song. Y'all know uh, Jip Jack uh, Fuller. He was an amazing guy. I actually reached out to him, and uh, we met on uh, Black um, Podcast Support Network um, page. And uh, I was like, I need the theme song. And he came through, and that's what you heard. So... I appreciate him every time I hit it, I, you know, I bounce a little bit. So um, <clears throat> for those of you guys who got a chance to see the live yesterday, um, I appreciate you joining in. Um, and, you know, I realized last night that this conversation deserves a lot more uh, delicacy and it also uh, deserves a full fleshing of disease, uh, ideas and, 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 uh, and things. So, I understand and know that this topic is really broad, so it's not gonna be um, completely like understood in just a, a session between uh, Free and I. We just happen to be two people that are a part of the LGBTQIA plus um, community. And what we're gonna talk about is our experiences uh, uh, individually um, with me being a gay man, um, and uh, what do you identify as, Miss Free? Um, just a woman who loves women. 
a woman who loves women because I don't want to I don't want to identify anything among anybody like I was saying yesterday it's all about what that person feels that they should identify as so you know uh because I respect her that's how she wants to identify as that's we you know identify as so I'm a proud member of the LGBTQIA plus community community awesome yeah I, I would say that I'm a proud community uh, a proud uh uh a part of the, the community as well. Um, just to quickly kind of go over what LGBT is, for those of you who lived under a rock and never met people, um, you have uh, L, which is lesbian, gay. Um, that's the category, uh, category I um, choose to identify as. You have uh, bisexual, you got trans, um, LGBT. I is intersexual. Uh, intersexual or intersex, and then um, A is either asexual or allies. So depending on uh, what message or whatever you decide. But at the end of the day, we understand that people choose to identify however way they choose to identify as everybody has that choice. But you know, some people do feel comfortable with being under this banner, if you will um considering the idea of us not being straight you know i i'm a cisgender male who likes men and frida you are a and this is correct me right cisgender female who likes females right or women so um everybody i think always like the salacious details in terms of or not salacious that's not the correct word, but they always want to know, like, when did you know when you were, at the time, the only language I had for it was different. When did you know that you were, were different? Um, as a small child, um, I think I first realized it probably in third grade in school. Um, I just, I didn't even, um, related to a sexual identity. I just knew I was different from the other girls. Right. Like it's good. The things that they like to do, I had no interest and desire into doing it. Um, I remember at one time my mom tried to sign me up for, uh, what's this, Girl Scouts or something like that. And I was the oddball. She eventually took me out. But anything that girl, the girly stuff, uh, I did not like it. And then the religion I grew up in was very strict and we couldn't wear anything but dresses as mm -hmm. girls, no pants. Well, I, so I was so uncomfortable most of my life growing up mm -hmm. uh, um, as a girl. Now, I was uncomfortable being a girl. I was uncomfortable being a girl who couldn't be herself, but had to be a girl wearing dresses all the time and had to hide who I was. But in third grade, I knew I, I first realized I was different. Um, mm -hmm. I liked the things that the boys were doing, but I didn't feel accepted over there because I was a girl. So the boss was like, well, why you want to come over here and play with us? Right. Sit around and stand around and look pretty with the other girls, which I could identify with. Right. And uh, it's interesting because I think that, I, I, and I've told this story on here before, but it was a, 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 I was about eight years old and I had a crush on a kid, but I think that's just language that I learned over time to describe it. But I, I, I had really intense feelings for him for some reason. And I didn't know why. Um, 
And uh, it was, it was, you know, I would get happy when I was around him and excited and all these other things. And I think that was the first time I realized that I was, I was different too. Um, and I, I, I grew up a uh, Baptist and, you know, kind of the similar experience in terms of, you know, well, let me fall back. My, my, the religion that I grew up in was a little bit more lenient in terms of like women wear dresses, men wear pants or whatever the case may be. But they did rely heavily on condemning, uh, you know, people, you know, in the eyes of God, whether that be, you know, adultery or, you know, uh, uh, homosexuality or whatever the case may be. Um, where I didn't feel like I necessarily belonged a part of that that uh, uh, group, but um, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't have the the sense of feeling like I was. I mean, I like Barbie dolls. I like combing hair, but that was, I think that's something that a lot of boys kind of grow into, like their their curiosity. Like it doesn't identify who they were. I at no point, you know, ever. I want it to be a male, which I think that a lot of people associate gay men as like, we want to be women, you know, and there's a specific category for that. Yes. But, you know, I never desired to be other than a cisgender male. I just happened to identify that I liked and wanted to move forward with being in a relationship with men, you know, as I've gotten older. So, um, some of my, um, family friends um they because of my appearance um in this society i don't fit the societal norm of how a female is supposed to look so because of my appearance so I, because i look different from what they perceive that a female is supposed to look they think that i want to be a male but i've never had the desire to be a male i love being a woman i love how i dress how i look um besides needing to lose a few pounds besides that um <laughs> I like the clothes I decide to wear. I don't wear men clothes. I wear free to clothes. Mm. If it happens to be in the men's section, it's because they put it in the wrong section. But once I find something that I like to wear, I put it on and I wear it and it becomes mine. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's a good way to look at it, you know. Um, <laughs> Frida is our uh our wife, by the way, just so you guys know. She uh she identifies as our wife. Um, <laughs> We've been in our marriage now for about two years almost, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we're pretty happy, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, nothing sexual, but mm-hmm. we definitely help each other out emotionally. Isn't that beautiful? Our relationship proves that a relationship can exist without sex. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I'm like, uh uh-uh. get out of here. <laughs> um, he said, look at that beautiful smile. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what, what about you? What, what age did you realize that you knew you were different? Well, I don't know. Because we're not saying gay, because at that age, we didn't know what it was. My story started at five years old, so it's a sad. No. No? Let's not go. Let's please. Um, but so it was... But when did you and yourself like realize when you were different? I guess yes, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember. I, I, I know I was different. Mm-hmm. But I know. 
but you don't know at like what age you felt like you really felt the difference of being different. Around 14, 15. Mm -hmm. And what did you yeah. feel then? The attraction for boys only. Okay. Never for a woman. Mm -hmm. So at about 14, you felt uh, a, an attraction to, to mm -hmm. boys. Um, I think it was a little bit latent for me. The attraction for me, I don't think came until I was about 16 or 17. Um, and it was interesting because through my teenage years, grade school, eighth grade, I always, I well, not, I like girls. I remember writing a letter to, her name is Ashley Gardner. We're not friends on Facebook and I have no idea where this chick is now. But I really, really liked her. I thought she was super cute. And um, I remember writing her a, uh, a little note and putting it in her book bag. And I told her to look in her book bag. And I was like, you know, basically, you know, confessing my like for her. And she turned me down. <laughs> she was like, nah. She was like, I see you as a friend. And, I, you know, at that time, I, I think I was just trying to do what all the kids were doing, you know, which is to find a little boyfriend or girlfriend. But um, we... Um, yeah, nothing obviously happened. I, she was a grade behind me. So I went to Albany High and I think she went to a different school. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that she does, she's doing great things, <laughs> really. Um, but yeah, there was no ill will. It was just, uh, but after that, it was when I got to high school, um, the whole gay thing came out a lot more, which I didn't really know what that was. And I had uh, uh, the, these two friends, they were twins. And uh, they were kind of my first entry level into gay other than what I saw in real world and you know the reality shows of the early and mid nineties where they would always have one gay character on there and everybody else was straight and you had the gay characters reacting to you know, the straight realm or whatever. And um, it was about, so people used to call me gay a lot when I was in school and I didn't really understand why, um, you know, because I, you know, I was feminine or whatever the case may be. And I, you know, I, I identify with that. I probably was, was very, you know, quiet and delicate, but, you know, even then I still question like, what does that have to do with being gay or straight? Like, I don't really get that, you know what I'm saying? Um, I hang out, I hung out with a lot of girls. That's why they would call me gay. Darlena being one of those people, you know, that I hung out with. Um, and yeah, it was about 17 years old. I, I identified myself, it was weird. I identified, not weird, but I felt strongly at the time that I was bisexual, you know, because I did have a genuine like for girls and boys, you know, but I had never been with a boy. Um, and I was, you know, afraid of being with a boy, uh, you know, I wouldn't have known how to, you know, and that was pre-internet. That was before uh, Yahoo Messenger and everything else that has come out since then. Blackpeoplemeet.com uh, or Black Planet or whatever we used to use. Um, you know, it was very, uh, I was timid in that area. So it was easy for me to say bisexual, but I never actually said it out loud. I thought it, you know, and we know when you say it out loud, it puts, you know, truth to power sometimes when you say the words that are in your head, or at least in my um, experience. But long story short, I, there was this kid, Cornelius Gilliard. He was this tall, 
six foot two guy with a beard. He had a full motherfucking beard in ninth grade. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I remember just, I felt different. He, I would get nervous around him. And one day he called me out. He was like, are you, do you, do you have a crush on me or something like that? And I, I mean, I felt seen, I was like, oh my God, why would you say that? You know, like, I didn't, I didn't say it like that, but I was like, I don't, what do you mean? I, what? I don't understand, you know, but, you know, that was something that he snuffed out, you know, at the time. I mean, we obviously never had a conversation about it, but that was like me kind of exploring the idea. Well, maybe I am, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so that was kind of a long story of, <laughs> of my, my, uh, my introduction or whatever you want to call it. Um, but the, the twins that I knew, mm-hmm. they were openly gay, even in high school, you know? Um, and I remember, you know, them telling stories about guys who, you know, hated them in school, but would call them at night and be like, Hey, let's hang out and all this other stuff and, you know, have crushes on them. So it was interesting. I just thought that that was really taboo and I didn't, I didn't have the language to be able to explore that myself. So it wasn't until I got older and, uh, and when I did so uh, during grade school or growing up or whatever the case may be did you have any relationships with women or um you just had women that you liked no I'm I remember having a crush on a girl in um middle school I can't even remember her name I never pursued it or did anything um mm-hmm. I just remember she was super smart she was really really smart and I was an A and B on the road student uh, throughout my career in grade school but she was really smart she was thick um you dark skinned and so I just thought she was really pretty um but I never um I never even hung around her if I just happened to see her I would look at her I never acted on her or anything I had no positive examples of um homosexuals growing up I didn't know anybody that was openly gay um, my life consisted of school, home, and church. Everything else was the devil. So we didn't do anything else but school, home, and church. And the only thing I knew about was going, going to hell. So um, that caused me to not like myself and things like that. So I never, I was afraid, never pursued it. Um, I've, I have one exception, which I ended up marrying, which was a guy. Um, He's the only guy to this day that I've ever been sexually attracted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't really attracted to his looks. I believe he handsome, but I, was, I loved the way he treated his mom. Mm-hmm. That turned me on. I loved the way he treated his mom. He seemed like a great guy. And I was attracted to that, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, if I marry him, at least I don't have to go to hell and I can be straight. Oh, that didn't turn out that way not the way you expected yeah but i'm grateful that i married him because he helped me through my sexuality right he did um, and i am who i am today because of him so i'll always be grateful uh, he accepted me for who i even though we was married accepted me for who i was and and, and supported me i don't want to go into too much detail on a public platform without his um permission but right uh, but I'm very appreciative. We have two kids together and I'll always be grateful because he gave me the best things that has ever happened to me, J-Mine and Nate. Oh, that's super sweet. 
That's awesome. That's an awesome story because, you know, I, I, you hear stories of people who have these very dramatic, like coming out stories where they do something similar to what you did, which is to marry someone who they thought that would, um, you know, kind of allow them to whatever, you know, whatever happens. And then, you know, they can't quell this desire that they have still because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really bigger than them, but for you to, but you to have that story, I think that's absolutely beautiful um, that you said that because it didn't go the traditional way, but. And I'm gonna show you what we produced together. He just walked in. Uh, this is second king. My first king is on the plane on the way here in Jma, but this is second hey, king. What's up? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm sorry, I'm gonna show you how to catch my side. Uh oh, yeah. yeah, we don't need that all on the live. We ain't trying to get uh blasted for you know, on that's beautiful. That um, that's beautiful, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was 19, um, and I was actually in the military, and it was during the time where Don't Ask, Don't Tell was super huge, super huge. So it almost gave me the opportunity to go, well, I mean, I was never out of the closet. It just put me further in the closet, if you will, you know, in terms of coming out, because it was a part of myself that I could not share um, because of- Don't ask, don't tell. Right. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, um, explore the idea of gender loving or, you know, same gender loving uh, relationship at the time, even though I kind of desired it, I had fantasies about it. Um, you know, just because I had never experienced, I hadn't even had sex with the, you know, with the woman at that time. So um, we, uh, I met a gentleman over when I was in um, Kosovo about 21 years ago, because that was in 2000. And, um, you know, we hit it off. He was, he was a cool guy. I mean, at that time, I had this fantasy, this idea that this was going to be a long-lasting relationship, and this man was going to change my world and all this other stuff. And I think that's because I subscribed to some of the shit that I saw on TV. And uh, like you said, I didn't have any, um, you know, any gay role models. And everybody that was gay, you know, growing up was somebody that was, you know, a, a punk or, you know, uh, queer or all these negative connotations. And you would hear people say stuff like. Oh, you know, that, that effing, uh, F word, blah, 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 um, you know, this, this, and that. And it was always negative. And I'm like, well, they're, they're, you're calling them this F word. And the reason you're calling them this F word is because they have a you know relationship with men or whatever the case may be. And I'm that, so it must be bad. So, you know, I need to keep this in the closet or I need to keep it to myself because I don't want the people I love to talk to talk about me like that you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying mm -hmm. so when I joined the military um, like I said I had my first relationship or not relationship it was really just casual sex to be honest I didn't know that at the time but uh because I thought you could only have sex in relationships mm -hmm. I did not love <laughs> do you realize you're on camera, what camera? this camera <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Why would you do that? Oh, Lord. 
I'm just playing. I was being silly. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Uh, no, I'm looking over there. Um, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was my first experience, you know, at the time, and it was a, a stretch of time after that before I had another experience with the with the guy. Um, so you, you said that your, your ex-husband, because you guys were married, right? Help you, uh, explore that idea. Um, and you're grateful to him and he's, you know, someone that helped you through it. Um, how did that feel being involved in that? Um, at first we actually, it brought our relationship, um, tighter, stronger, um, we had no more secrets between each other after that. Um, so I remember we would go to the mall. We would both look at women together. Uh, he took me to my first gay club. He gave me my first, paid for my first lap dance from a woman. I mean, he fully supported me um, in it. Um, um, like I said, I just don't want to go into too much because I didn't call him and ask him if I could even say right, sure. anything like that. But all I know, but I mean, it brought our relationship closer. Um, but we divorced because I wanted uh, my own girlfriend. So you know, I was like, look, I just want to go off and do my own thing, and be my own self. But at first, it was rocky because I was struggling spiritually and sexually. Mm -hmm. um, he the one suggested that I go get spiritual counseling, mm -hmm. and so I remember going to the church and talking to the pastor, and he was like. I believe you uh, being gay um, it, uh, is wrong. And he said, that's what I teach at my church because that's what I believe. And he said, but I can't go to heaven or hell for you. He said, you need to read Bible for yourself and figure out what you believe. In the meantime, he never shunned me. He said, I'm gonna love you. You're welcome here, um, whatever you decide, but you have to decide that for yourself. But he was like, at this church, I'm gonna teach what I believe at my church, but you're more than welcome. And so when he did that, I literally started getting books for and against homosexuality. What the Bible really says about homosexuality, that's one of my books. I got several back here. Just Rita is a, she's a biblical scholar. I, she should have been a theology major um, <laughs> because she every morning has some type of, you know, uh, biblical quote or something that's wrapped in you know, uh, a Bible verse. So uh, very uh, spiritually uh, uplifting. Um, so yeah, um, the question I was going to ask you is, is how did you ultimately reconcile that your relationship with God ultimately? I did that. Um, a lot of people don't know this. I think Gerald knows this, my sister and my um, ex-wife um, before she passed away. And I believe I even told Darlena a while ago before she passed away that I was at one point suicidal because I was like, I am being who I am. I, I didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to start liking women. I've always been this way. And if I'm wrong for being who I am, then I shouldn't even be here. Mm -hmm. But what reconciled it is the books I read. I would talk to Gerald. This one we were still married. And then the books I would read, um, and I just started educating myself. And once I found that King James was gay, the person whose Bible most Christians read in church every day, when I found out that a lot of the stories that 
um, were taught to me in church was misrepresented. Um, the scriptures in the Bible misrepresented. Um, once I started researching the history of Christianity in the Bible and homosexuality, then F freed me. I was like, okay, Judd, thank you for everything. Deuces. I want a divorce. You go do your thing. I do my thing. We raise the kids together the best way we can. And that's, that's what freed me. Now, my next struggle was my family because my mom's a pastor. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't want to disappoint my mom or hurt my mom or anything. Mm -hmm. um, like the most she ever did was she didn't talk to me for about um, a week after she found out mm -hmm. my sexuality that I was a lesbian. Now, I didn't tell her. Gerald did. When Gerald first found out, he, he talked <laughs> and told him when I told Gerald. So, mm -hmm. um, um, so after that, and then my dad, which was a trip. <laughs> so my dad called me, he said, yeah, I don't doubt you like girls or something like that. And to this day, the only thing he's ever said was, well, the fact is I'm your dad. The fact is you, my daughter, nothing can change those facts. I still love you. And, by, and that's the only thing he's ever said. Uh, I remember one time he came to visit me in Atlanta. He lives in Columbus. He was driving trucks and me and my ex was living together at the time. And he came over um, unannounced, unexpected. He just said, I'm here. So he came in the house, sat down. And then he was like, you, your girlfriend live here? Which I was like, yeah. He said, well, does she cook? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that was his way of saying, if you're going to be with her, at least make sure she cook. Because right. he was hungry. So, so that's something he's ever said. And my, even when my wife died, my parents was there. They came to the funeral, yeah. uh, which was a trip because most of the long I've only had two long-term relationships with two women and neither one of their mothers um supported them or liked them so I'm grateful for the mother that I have that in spite of the fact that she does not agree with my lifestyle she don't let that fact interfere with the love that she has for me that's beautiful so, yeah so that has helped me out a lot mm -hmm. yeah and I know for you you know family is is very important that's one thing that I've learned uh, from you in terms of, you know, watching you love your your sons and your sister and your relationship mm -hmm. with your family. So I know that was important for you to have that foundation, um, you know, to have that. And I think I would like to surmise that you probably made it easier for you to be able to be your full self when they, you know, accepted you for who you were. So mm -hmm. that's I'm, I'm enjoying life now, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm single. I am not looking for a relationship. I do want a travel partner. Though. I want to travel more. Um, Cause that's one thing I regret not doing with Darlena. She would call and ask me, she's like, free, let's go on a cruise, free, let's go. And I would never go. I thought it was the dumbest thing to take off of work to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. And I would never go and And I do regret that. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna just travel in her honor and, and because it's something I want to do, I've always wanted to do, but cause that job is gonna be there regardless. Yeah. So I do. I wouldn't mind having a travel partner, somebody just to travel with, but I'm enjoying being single, raised in Austin. My first two kings are already pretty much grown. Mm -hmm. so, and Mama C, my ex, she helps me out a lot with Austin. Um, she's my baby mama. She helps me. We don't have a sexual relationship. She just helps me anytime I need her with Austin. She has Austin now. I had them all weekend. They on a staycation in some hotel somewhere. So, um, so I appreciate her, but um, um, I was horrible when I first came out because it was I was 25 and I finally was able to be free enough to explore my sexuality. Mm -hmm. 
and me, I was uh, overweight. I just became a police officer and moved to Atlanta. And the temptation um, was a lot. So uh, I ended up cheating um, on my partner at that time with uh, multiple women and things like that. So uh, I didn't stop cheating until I got married. Uh, then after I got married, she ended up passing away from pancreatic cancer. Uh, I think I tried one or two relationships after her. Mm -hmm. uh, but after that, and then after Darlena died, I'm like, man, two women that I was in love with have passed on. At this point, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just done with relationships right now. That's how I feel right now at this moment. I don't know if that'll change. It's got to be a special someone. But at this point, uh, I'm just enjoying me um, and enjoying raising Austin. And like I said, I wouldn't mind just having somebody to travel with, a travel partner, but... Mm -hmm. I got to so, get free to write get myself she, right. She's looking for a travel partner, y'all. So I'm just playing. That could be you. That yeah, you're right. It can be me. You don't have to be a female. I don't <laughs> care. Who, yeah, I just want some because I do want to start traveling more. Mm -hmm. uh, I have one right now. She's a sweetheart, um, but uh, me and her are so opposites and different. We argue all the time. Bless her heart. But Miss <laughs> uh, Cheryl, I'm sure she don't mind me saying her name. She's a sweetheart, but uh, so we. Uh, she's about the only friend I have that that I know of that has the time and opportunity to travel. So right. she's sort of my type of partner, but mm -hmm. me and her bump heads all the time. But she's a sweetheart, though. Mm -hmm. um, so my 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 coming out story to my folks, um, and I told this story too on here. I met a guy who I thought was the be all end all. I thought that we were going to be in a relationship for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we, uh, I, I went to my dad and I um, told my dad, you know, that I was gay. I told my sister, my sister Trina, and she cried um, because she was like, oh, you're not going to have kids. And I was like, I ain't want kids to begin with. She's like, no, you're not going to have any. Yeah. Um, but I told my dad, and my dad was similar to how your father uh, took it. He was like, hey, you're my son. I love you. Um, mm -hmm. And that set the tone for me. Like, I don't really care about what anybody else say, you know, if my dad being from the 1950s, you know, uh, and to go through all of what he went through and to still be able to say, you know, uh, with a relaxed heart, I love you. And, you know, that's not going to change regardless of your sexuality. That was more than enough. I, I think that was all I really needed for validation at that point. Um, and uh, over the years through the relationships that I had, you know, I never, you know, um, named something unless it was actually serious after that, because me and that gentleman ended up breaking up. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I met Carlos and I brought him home for Christmas, I think they they knew then that it was serious. And um, they decided to, I mean, when we fast forward to, which today is May 30th, 2021. Mm -hmm. What day is that, love? What happened on this day? Man, no, I don't remember. You don't remember? Damn, 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 free. <laughs> damn, I proposed to you five, six years ago. Really? Today, wow. May 30th. Aww. And I came out on my Facebook that same day. Aww. Um, so, yeah. 
Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks, love. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Yes. Congratulations. Um, you know, and um uh when I, I brought him home, you know, for, for Christmas and you know, he met my folks and you know, he definitely has his own relationship with them. You know, they they ask about him, they are concerned about him and, and care and absolutely love him. And that's I, I can't ask for any more than that um and I don't really remember my my folks ever being like my dad you know even though he was a deacon in the church he wasn't like heavy-handed with trying you know preaching to me about why it was wrong mm -hmm. um I'm not gonna lie that I ain't you know there were a couple sermons that I sat in on when I was younger where I felt convicted you know what I'm saying when they was reading Leviticus you know what I'm saying and 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 all that stuff but <clears throat> For the most part, it wasn't a pretty, it wasn't a dramatic um, uh, coming out story. I mean, even though after the guy broke up with me or we broke up with each other, I wanted to go back in the closet. And I was like, oh, I'm just kidding y'all. I, I don't really know what I am. But at that point, obviously you can't take it back. So, you know, I, I had to revel in it. And, um, but one thing I learned at that point is you know, um, when you come out, it's a journey. It's all in how you want to tell your story. I mean, we can we can talk about like how it sucks that, uh, you know, straight people don't have to, you know, come out, which is true, um, you know, and we're still having coming out stories because there's, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people who don't necessarily understand this lifestyle, but, you yeah. I like to think that we're, you know, the world is a lot more open armed and, 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 uh, you know, accepting to, uh, our lifestyle now than it was back when we were going through our, you know, uh, our growing pains of finding out what it meant for us. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the only thing that I had that was closest to homosexuality that I saw was queer as folk. You remember that show? Yeah. 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 And, you know, to be honest, that cast is very white. I, they rarely had people on there that looked like me that I, I identified with other than, you know, being the exotic one, you know, being, oh, he's black and, you know, BBC and everything else and, you know, all that. <clears throat> so um, that was really my kind of first introduction to seeing, you know, what gay was. But, you know, over the years, it evolved just time in terms of like, you know, it really it got to the point where I felt comfortable with uh, creating my own lane, which I feel like you have, rather than finding myself in places where I felt like I needed to be represented. So, um, this uh, TV show that it's a trip because it was a TV show that actually was my first exposure mm -hmm. uh, to the homosexual lifestyle. I grew up in Columbus, Georgia. I didn't see it anywhere there um, until I moved to Atlanta, but when uh, we moved to Florida, uh, Jerry got stationed in Florida. I used to watch this show called The L Word, which came on after the Jazz Folk. Yeah. I, I watched The L Word. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started saying, oh, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Mm -hmm. And so later on, I found out well, that's how they do it. I can still be me and be. Um, right. Let, you know. Right. But, right. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't, I finally found somebody I identified with. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So The L Word. And it's important to have those stories because you want to feel like you're being represented. And I think there's a lot of spaces. I mean, we got TV shows like Pose, which these kids that we met, uh, well, not met, we interacted with them before. 
um, they were like, do you watch Pose? And I was like, hell no, I watch Pose. What you talking about? And it was, it was exciting for me to have that conversation about like what their perception was about it and so on and so forth. So that's kind of what I had in mind when I wanted to have this conversation because we do want to talk about it. It's like Black people with being Black and racism and all this stuff. We want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's an experience that we go through on a day-to-day basis, you know, and it allows us to be able to vent and have those, you know, experiences acknowledged when we do talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so it was, it was, it was, that was kind of my moment of why I wanted to have this conversation because even with you and I, you know, me identifying as lesbian and you identifying as woman who have, you know, a woman who have to like women, um, there's still things that you and I have that are shared experiences, but also things that are still kind of, we question too, like, huh, how did that work? You know what I'm saying? How do we make it through through this? You know what I'm saying? So that's, um, that's, that's super cool. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things that I absolutely enjoy about you, Frida, is the fact that you love unconditionally. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you don't try. I think you do. And I don't know how that is the case. Um, sure, I just realized I'm not perfect. Sure. And I really believe that love is all there is, that God is love. And mm-hmm. I just try to keep that as my center and daily thought as, as my purpose. And I don't expect other people to be per- perfect. So when you make a mistake, it's not going to make me not love you. Mm-hmm. I just hope that you will still love me if I happen to make a mistake. Now, if you continue to make the sense that over and over again, I'm not going to be a fool in love. I'm just going to have to love you from a distance, but mm-hmm. the love is still going to be there, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like toxic family members, you know. I love all of my family members the same, but some family members I, I can tolerate and hang around with, some I can't. I have to love them from a distance. And it starts with loving yourself first. You really love yourself, which took me a long time to get to this point. And then all you see is love in everybody else. Anything that feel, doesn't feel like love, look like love, is not of God, is not of me, and it's not for me. So if I don't feel, I just remove myself. If I go into any environment and I don't feel loved, I don't, I feel uncomfortable, and I'm not pay, being paid to be there, then I exit. But if I'm being paid to be there, if I'm doing my job, then you know I stay there and tolerate them for as much as I can. But Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, once the love become your center and thought, love and grace, um, and then you attract more of that, you know. Love so that's how I try to to live my life. I'm not perfect at, it, but that's how I try to do it. Yeah, I mean, and it's I, one of the things I like is uh, the fact that I don't feel judged whenever I'm around you. You know what I'm saying? It's it's you're very. I've had a lot of people say that to me for yeah. real. Yeah. Uh, I've had they say, I just feel comfortable. You don't seem to judge me. I don't have no room to judge anybody. I don't, who am I to judge anybody? God knows I'm not perfect. And I can sit here and say, I'm trying to be perfect, but I don't even know if I'm trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to do me, mm-hmm. be me and just love the best way I know how. Right. And, and, and I sincerely mean that everybody's deserving of love, even homeless people. And I'm at my job. Now I don't want to brag. I'm not going to say what all I do, but the way some I see some people treat homeless people, I don't like that because you never know. Most of us are one paycheck away from being right down the street with them. So if I see them, hey, have you ate anything today? I'll be right back. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Now get off the corner. You scaring folks. But <laughs> under the bridge with a good 
meal in your stomach, you know, but. Right. Uh, and there's yeah. compassion. That's, that's compassion. And I think our world needs a lot of compassion, even in this lifestyle. Sometimes we definitely need a level of compassion um, that, uh, you know, even myself, I, I, you know, hearing you say that it's, it, you know, it's funny because you and I earlier, you know, before and the people who listen to the podcast will hear it. But I was like, oh, well, I don't know about that when it came to love. But, um, you know, for whatever reason or not, you know, ultimately just how you said it just now just kind of hit home for that is something that you believe in and that's truthful for you. And uh, I get it. I get it now. Mm-hmm. So um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's like what you said. I just want to be me anywhere I possibly can. I'm not, there's no pretense. There's no, um, you know, no uh, air about me that I'm just trying to, you know, block out or ignore. You know, Mm -hmm. I I try to be me in all situations. And as you said, you know, if I don't feel comfortable with it, I'm the same way, you know, I'm exiting stage left. Like I'm not going to be in a place I don't feel comfortable at. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that just comes with time and age and, and, and uh, wisdom, which you seem to have a lot of. So we appreciate that. I'm grateful to have you as a friend, for sure. I'm grateful to have y'all as friends, as my husbands. Oh, I, I really am. You, you came in, and I think Darlena planned it that way. You came in at a time where I really needed you the most, when she, right after she passed. So. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah, so. I feel the same way, too. And now she don't need us anymore because she don't call us no more. So I'm just playing. Hey, the phone works both ways. You're right, touche. <laughs> On my own shelf. You're right. Um, no, but you, you're you're a busy young lady. You have a a five year old son who, you know, requires as much time. To be honest, I'm not a, a phone person. I know I told you this uh, before, but you was like we used to talk about something. I'm like, yeah, I needed you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so of course, I mean, I don't have anybody in my life that I call every beside my mom and my sister. Right, I probably call them if not call them every day, at least text them every day. Then I got to make sure they still exist, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, besides them two people, I don't have anybody. My I don't even call my kids every day. They call me because of course they're gonna want something or need something. But <laughs> that's what we do as kids, man. We call our mamas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially if they're able-bodied and willing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know um but yeah um i want to tell you uh thank you um for coming on the platform and sharing your story um this is in no way shape or form meant to quelch or you know uh put this topic to bed this is really to just start conversation among everybody and get past some of the surface stuff because at the end of the day we're all people, you know. Now, I have a question if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Now, um, you told me the topic was gonna be about um LGBTP, you know, people still yeah, like, I have a question yeah. about myself that shocked me. Um mm-hmm. I'm a, a, a woman and lesbian who um have sexual attraction towards other women. Mm-hmm. Apparently, now I don't now I I thought I was on this a sexual attracted cisgender woman women. But I saw this woman the other day who was, um, how can I say it, a, a cisgender man or born a man or something like that. Yeah. I don't know the proper terminology, so forgive my ignorance. But I was attracted to her. Uh-huh. So, and it had me thinking, so am I gay? Am I straight? Am I still a lesbian? <laughs> I had no idea, but I was attracted to her. 
And I didn't realize that it wasn't a cisgender woman until I got closer to her to um, start talking to her. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, well, <laughs> uh, this means I'm straightening. Maybe I can make my mom smile and say, hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't uh, So then my question, I've been questioning my, I don't think I should question because to me, she's a woman. Yeah. You know, she just has something extra that I haven't been attracted to in or have had experience in in years. But mm-hmm. um, I believe it's so much more to being a woman than what's between their legs. So um, I agree, uh, and I think that um, it's interesting that you say that because one of the things about Pose, I, do you watch that show? Do you watch Pose? Yeah, on and off, not regular, but it's recorded. Yeah. I just got to watch it. Right. right now I'm watching Bluey every day with Austin. So, uh, um, but one of the things that I, it, it introduced me to is transgender. You know, I mean, the 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 whole idea of, of being transgender, and you know, in the very beginning, I was saying that you know, it, you, it's whatever the person wants to identify as, whether they want to identify mm-hmm. as a, a cisgender male who happens to, you know. Uh, cross-dress or be a transvestite or whatever or you know if they were born a man and they convert to a woman they if they say they're a woman they're a woman right Mm -hmm. but I do find that attraction because there are some beautiful transsexual people you know we're talking about physicality that that are out there that you know is an anomaly like for example we watched this show called 911 and mm-hmm. there is a gentleman on their name by uh, by the name of Brian Michael, um, what's his name? Brian Michael Anderson or Something shit. Like Hold on a second. I want to get his name right. Um, mm-hmm. Just in case anybody goes and decides that they want to look him up. But I follow him and um, he looks like a um, cisgender, oh, Brian Michael Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna see if you can see it. Hold on. Shit. No, I have to send it to you. You have your yeah. phone to you? No, it's on my charge in my room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, because it's it's gonna be so bright. But yeah. this this guy, he's he's handsome, beautiful. I like yeah. it. So that made me straight too. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Try to see if I can. Okay. No. Yes. Okay, yeah, he looks good. Yeah, but um, but very handsome. Like I didn't, I he identified himself as trans, trans man. He's a trans man, and mm-hmm. you know they had a storyline where he was involved with a woman, uh, who, um, and they they had a a a uh, I think they had a one night stand. I don't want to get the specifics of the uh, the episode. No, wrong, they like but... each other. They have a crush. Just try to go out, but then he oh yeah, he told show. her that he was trans. And she was like, oh, I don't know if I can, you know, like it was, it was still taboo for her, but you know, they, they present as a woman, they identify as a woman. I still would, I would surmise that you're, you're a, uh, a woman who like women, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You were attracted to the, the womanly features that, you know, um, were accentuated by, by her. So, um, but, you know, um, I think it's, it's a world that we're, in the process of uncovering now, you know, this stuff always existed, kind of like with, you know, LGBT, um, LGB, you know, uh, gay, bi, lesbian, and all that stuff. Um, it's starting to come, you know, a little bit more 
um, common. And it's interesting because, is that Andrea? No, that's KJ. I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I mean, you showing me a picture, but, oh, you're, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I don't think we're all 100% anything, to be honest. You know, I believe spirituality is fluid, you know. Yeah, I think it Look is. One um, actress, I'm not going to call their names, but they've dated men all their life, and then all of a sudden this woman coming to their life that they're attracted to. Yeah, and, so sexuality is 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 fluid. Um, um, even the Kinsley Institute, which studies set, says that that most people, um, you know, have that exception or whatnot. But you know, most people are just ignorant to or suppress um, their true innate sexual um, desires. But sexuality is, is fluid. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Nisi Nash was um, the the actress that you're talking about. She. You know, she has done a, a very good job of chronicalizing, you know, her experience with being with men only, and then, mm -hmm. you know, um, marrying her her husband, husband is what she called him, her husband, yeah, her husband. husband. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. um, and they have a beautiful relationship. And even with that, you know, you have the, you know, uh, you can tell that she, her wife likes to be a woman. She has no desire to be anything other than just her. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm starting to see people, you know, become a little bit more fluid. I mean, it has a lot, a long way to go, but we weren't talking about gender fluidity back in the day. It was like, choose one. You either get <laughs> which one is you? And if you're bisexual, you just don't know which penis you're like. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's, it is a lot more, um, free flowing than that, you know? So, um, come on, man. <laughs> he's over here showing me shoes that he wants to get um uh but yeah i think i i i'd like to think that you're still a woman who like women and they were beautiful I, they had to be some kind of fun like i i i i i, I you, 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 you have some beautiful women in your life so yeah and i'm i'm, I'm shocked I don't know what it is about me that attracts them to me at all but I, i'm shocked the the woman you know about it in my inbox or uh, messaging me and stuff. But me, I just try to, uh, I just let them know real quick. Hey, I'm not the one for a relationship, right? I'm not, it's not me. Not right now. Mm. Not right now. You know what? We just had a conversation a while because you're an awesome person. That's, you know, straight up, hands down. You know what I'm saying? People can see that. They see that emanating from you. You know, even though you might have a hat that's covering your, you know, your hair, you can't hide. You can't hide. Hey, but shout out to the um Black Love, uh -oh. J Bo, J Bo Hamilton. He's on my Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Black Love, Black Love J Bo. Okay. See him, get you a t shirt, hat, jewelry. He sells a lot of stuff, but he's a good dude. Good. I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to go check him out and, uh, yeah. And, uh, and get a few of his his things because I, I I I noticed the hat very early on. I was like, I like that. I like that hat. Very nice. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's interesting the conversations that we're having and these these type of conversations definitely need to continue to to happen in the space that they're happening. But what I want, what I would like, is for everybody to be able to address things in, you know in their own times. You know, it's just like when people out you. You know what I'm saying? They take the power out of your story when they do that. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, um, you know, even though things might happen on a very uh, treacherous kind of playing field, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to dealing with people and what they choose to identify with, it, it's, it's, it can be difficult sometimes. And they mm-hmm. may burn bridges. They may, you know, make decisions that might not be the best to conceal who they are. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, of the intention of them trying to be bad people. It's just that that's the only way they know how to survive. So, you know, I'd be glad when we in the world where everybody literally can be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you wake up one day, like, I mean, I just want people just to be nice. One thing in my kids to tell you, I've always told them, I don't care if you're gay, straight, crippled, or crazy. I will always love you. Just don't do anything to hurt yourself or anybody else intentionally. Mm-hmm. And they would tell you, if you ask them, hey, what's the one thing your mom's always told you? They tell you, that's one thing I've always told them since they're growing up. And saying that frees a child to be themselves. And my kids have friends who've told me, like, wow, I wish my mom was like your mom and whatnot. I mean, uh, no disrespect to their parents, but I think that most parents should do that. Tell your kids, hey, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, if you want to wear a pink wig today, long nail polish tomorrow, um, whatever you want to do, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, breaking any laws, any rules, mm-hmm. do you. I'm going to love you regardless. Mm-hmm. And I think every child needs to hear that. If it's not from a parent, from any um, law-abiding citizen, a, a grown person who's responsible. But I believe that that does a lot for a child once they hear that. Well, with that being said, I ain't nothing else really to say after that. Nah, that's the beautiful thing. And it's it's so simple. It is so simple. And it covers all the things. It's so hard, though. Yeah, I mean, we do. And that's what we do as people, unfortunately. But I can tell with, you know, your children and how they are, I can tell that they definitely do their best to abide by that. You know, you got some great kids. You know what I'm saying? You got some great children. So uh, thank you, because you imprinted that onto me, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, Hearing you say that, you know, um, has definitely allowed me to have agency over who I am and and what I'm about. So, you know, I am extremely grateful to you and teaching me that lesson that I didn't even know I needed to know. You know what I'm saying? And your children, my children is what I'm leaving here. When Mm -hmm. I leave this earth, I'm not taking anything with me, but I'm leaving my kids behind. Mm -hmm. I want to leave them behind knowing that I'm not perfect, but one thing they can say for sure, they mama love them regardless. I fight for them every, regardless. Mm-hmm. Love overrules all. Mm-hmm. They're not perfect. They do crazy stuff all the time, but my love for them overrules all. I tell them what they did wrong, but like at the end of the day, I still love you, but you was wrong for that. Mm-hmm. That's you know? it. That's what it's about. So um, I, I want to tell you again, I appreciate you, Free. I appreciate the conversation <laughs> and the delicacy of the conversation. And I love these. I, I wish that, uh, you know, I can have these conversations with, with you every day, but you have to work. And um, Carlos and I are hungry. We're starving right now. And I just appreciate your, your openness and your transparency in terms of sharing your story with us. And I want to tell you, thank you so much. We love you. Um, anything you need, anything you need. And if we got it, we have it. We're, we're going to do our best to make sure you got it too. So I just need love and grace. Absolutely. Love and grace. Yeah. So, uh, Curry, thank you so much for you uh, hanging out. Um, and uh, I'm going to uh, let you enjoy your night. 
And thank you so much for all the gems and tell your family that we love them. And one of these days, we're going to be making a trip back up that way to come see you. We love you. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. We love you. Love you too. Bye.